morning. And God bless you today. It is a privilege and a pleasure to be here with you today. It truly is. Um, Lynn and I have uh, long uh, admired the ministry and the work here at the Croc Center here in Hawaii. We have watched from afar for many years and uh, had, has admired, have admired the, the great work that takes place here. We've been longtime friends with the Lums as well, and uh, so we know that they share in the passion for, for the lost as we do, and so we're honored to, to follow in their footsteps and to be a part of the legacy of, that is, the croc of Hawaii. Uh, and I, I didn't even think about it, but yesterday it, it dawned on me that we're the second set of officers ever for the croc Hawaii. And that's an amazing uh, thing that uh, just hit me recently. And so, but we're glad to be here. We're, we are grateful for you being here this morning and look forward to, to what God has for us. And, and trust me, he has a lot in store for us. And you know that already because you've experienced him on your own journey. You've, uh, you've watched him work in, in miraculous and marvelous ways uh, through your life and in your life and in the lives of people in this congregation as well as in the community center. And you have seen where God has worked. And even to people who are online, you will have also seen where God has worked in a marvelous and magnificent ways in your own life. And if you haven't, you really haven't been paying attention because he is part of it all, man. He's, he takes care of everything that we, we do and think and say, and the, the very air that we breathe is because of Him, and to Him be the glory. Amen? Amen. Amen. So today we're going to look at the journey, and the journey uh, will begin as we look uh, at um, Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 5, and verse 7 and 8. I'll be reading from there in just a bit. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 5 and verse 7 and 8. And while I'll be reading that, that text won't explicitly be uh, the text for today, but I will, I will, we will read it and then I will bring it back uh, uh, shortly uh, afterwards, later in the message, because it, it contains some rich nuggets for us today. It contains some uh, wonderful truths for us and maybe something that we can look at in our own walk, in our own life, that we can, can, uh, can uh, you know, understand and, and kind of relate to in our own way because it's the promise of God for the rich ministry of the Croc Church and for you and for me and for our community and for our world. And so Genesis chapter 12 verses 1 to 5 and 7 and 8 says this, the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Then the Lord said in verse 7, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your offspring. 
So Abram built an altar there to the Lord, who had appeared to him. From there, Abram moved on to the hill country east of Bethel and pitched his tent. With Bethel to the west and Ai to the east. There, he built an altar to the Lord. And there, he called on the name of the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, we just pause at this very moment seeking you that you might speak to our hearts, that we might be open to the message and the word that you have for us, that we might be changed, Father, and that we might be open to what your spirit is leading as change in our hearts and in our lives. And so, Father, we seek you this morning. We ask that you would just pierce our hearts for those in this room and for those online and wherever they may be, that your spirit would just permeate this place, these places, so that we might be changed completely because of you. And so we pray this in the mighty and the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. So, it's been a pleasure gearing up for our move here and gearing up for the journey ahead as God has been preparing us for this moment for a very long time. You know, Lynn and I, as we mentioned, have been officers for 23 years, and each new journey and each new appointment has only deepened our calling and conviction and the confirmation of the many promises of God found in Scripture. And, and has only prepared us for every new task and every new appointment that we, are, uh, we get the privilege of serving in. And some of those promises that we can find in Scripture is what I believe speaks to this moment today. And 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24 says this, Faithful is the one who has called you. It is he who shall do it. And so I'm encouraged by that. And secondly, and then in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, it says, He has saved us and called us to a holy living, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and his grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Today, we stand in assurance that God has called us to this place in this time and for his purposes, to which we are not fully aware what those purposes are, but in faith, we stand confident that he will equip us for every new task and for this new task for which we labor alongside in ministry with you. Perhaps confirmation for you is found today in these scriptures and these promises as well from our Lord. In Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19, it says, See, I am doing a new thing. I have already begun. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the desert. I'm going to read that again. It says, See, I am doing a new thing. And then it says, I have already begun. I am making a way in the wilderness and the streams in the desert. 
And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, where it tells us, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed, and the new has come. So we're in a moment of new beginnings. And the Bible talks a lot about new beginnings and the journey ahead. New beginnings in ministry does not suggest that what was done in the past is obsolete. No, it for me suggests that God will take what has been done in the past and use it to build upon and continue the ministry as we are called, Lynn and I are called, for the continuing of the building of the kingdom of God. Amen? And we, we are all called to be builders of the kingdom. So we're going to go on a journey, and I want you to come along with me today. Are you going to come with me on this journey? All right, let's go. So today, as we celebrate Independence Day and, journey, and the journey of our nation, we do so in contemplation of the newness of a nation dealing with racial, societal, and political firestorms that has pushed us to look at this journey of freedom in new ways and with new understanding and deal with the sins of the past to move us forward in the journey of reconciliation and healing. Amen? This church and this army have been called to partake in the healing and the restoration and the bringing of newness as the hands and feet of Christ to a hurting and dying world. And we know that our world is hurting and dying. And if you've been alive for more than a year, you will know that just this past year, we have been a, a world that's been in turmoil and in, and in frustration and, and tension that has captivated every part of our world. Amen? He's called us to be hands and feet of Christ to a hurting and dying world. But more specifically here in, in Eva Beach and Kapolei and the surrounding communities, we are not just here to fluff through the flowery things of faith. Try to say that three times. Fluff through the flowery things of faith. <laughs> but to engage and to deal with the difficult things that separate us and deal with the difficult things that separate us and the people around us from a loving God and, and to engage our community that desperately needs to know who God is, that desperately needs to know the new thing that God is doing in your life and that he's doing in my life. Because we as believers, we share that new thing with the world around us. A new thing that makes a way out of an arid desert uh, to a place where bountiful streams of water burst forth to bring forth new life in Christ. He says, see, I am doing a new thing. Amen? While amid that journey, we engage the, the COVID pandemic and in which we now find ourselves hunkered down and resolute in breaking free from its bondage of masks and restrictions, but even more uh, fear and, and loss and, and worry. All the things that we experienced in the past year, fear and loss and worry and 
fear and loss and, and worry. And, and you turn the corner and what is there? Fear and loss and worry. And even as we grieve loss and, and the pain of the recent year. Friends, it's been a tough season, hasn't it? It's been a tough season. But let us drill down. Are you still on the journey with me? Let us drill down even deeper. Let's drill down even deeper to our own personal lives and all that is happening. Not just in the world and our community and in the church and the community center, but to you, to me, individually. Let's drill down and to see what is happening, whether it be uh, financial distress or broken relationships or emotional pain or spiritual ineptitude or deep hurts that just won't go away, whether it be backsliding or physical ailments. And the list goes on and the list goes on and the list goes on. What are you facing individually? In all of that, there is a a deep spiritual application that can be had. You see, God is saying, see, I am doing a new thing. I have already begun. Let me try that again. See, I am doing a new thing. I have already begun. You see, sometimes we skip over that, that one sentence there. But God has already begun the work in, in all of those situations that we just mentioned and all of those ailments and all of those struggles and all of the burdens and all of the pain and all of the hurt. God is already doing. He's already begun. Whew. See, I am doing a new thing. I have already begun. I am making a way in the wilderness, in the dryness, in the desert of your life. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the desert. See, it's just a matter of us holding on. God is making a way in that what what may seem like there is no way. He's making a way. You see, it's just a matter of us crying out like David in in Psalm chapter 40, saying, Jesus, come and save me, and Jesus, come and deliver me. I cried out, and God heard my cry. And Jesus, come and lift me from the muck and the miry clay of the life that I'm in and the pit of despair that I find myself in at times. Jesus, come and rescue me. And Jesus, set my feet upon a rock where I may stand firm. And have a new song in my mouth, a new hymn, a song of praise to our God. This morning, do you need to cry out to your Lord today? He says, I am making a way in the middle of the darkness of your life to bring what was dead back to life. He says, to restore the hurt and and the brokenhearted and so that you may stand to your feet and proclaim that God has done a new thing in me. Now, you still with me on this journey? Considering what I've mentioned so far and what we've looked at so far, And as we look briefly at Abram earlier in Genesis chapter 12, I want to quickly point out a few things in closing. Abram's journey 
involved trusting God and obedience to bring him into even greater things. And more importantly, to bring the people of Israel, God's chosen people, to the promised land. And there were many players in that journey. It did not stop with Abram. It continued on to more, including Moses and Aaron and, and Joshua. As we think of Abram's call by God, and we look at that call with the lens of our varied stories that we talked about today, it bears some striking similarities. From the onset of the crock with the Lums and their obedience, and then on to Lynn and myself as we continue in our calling and our obedience and faith, and then to each of us in our own faith journey that we will see, that we might see where God has brought us. We may also stand firm and look out to where God will take us. We read earlier in Genesis chapter 12, verse 8. From there, Abram moved to a hill country east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel to the west and Ai to the east. There he built an altar to the Lord, and he called on the name of the Lord. Let me read it one more time. Genesis 12, verse 8. From there, Abram moved on to the hill country east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel to the west and Ai to the east. There he built an altar to the Lord, and he called on the name of the Lord. He stood on the hill and gazed at what was promised him. It says he moved to the hill. And so he stood on that hill and gazed out at the promised land, the Canaan land that was promised to him. And he built an altar, and there he called on the name of the Lord. He built an altar, and he worshipped, and there he called on the name of the Lord. He went to a hill, he built an altar, and he called on the name of the Lord. And on that hill, he looked out at what God had promised him. Friends, we are at the precipice of God's new anointing, and, and we are at a place where God has brought us, and we stand, just like Abram, on the hill, overlooking what God has promised us. It is ours for the taking, not just in our church, but in our own life. We stand on the hill overlooking what God has promised us. And we've shared so many promises, and there's so many more that God promises that can be found in the Word of God. It is ours for the taking. We worship him and we call upon his name for everything we will do as core officers, as Lynn and I will do as core officers here. We will call on the name of the Lord as we stand upon the hill and we look out into the promise that God has for us. I'm not just talking about Croc Church. I'm talking about the community of souls who are hurting and who are in despair all around us. We call upon the name of the Lord as we look out at the promises that he has for us. 
I'm talking uh, about the racial, political, and societal hurts and tensions that this past year has brought forward to the limelight, which needs desperate healing and reconciliation. We, we, the body of believers, stand as hands and feet of Christ can deliver the message of healing. We, as the body of believers, can deliver the message of hope and reconciliation because we, as the body of believers, will call upon the name of the Lord as we stand on the hill overlooking the promises that God has for you and for me and for this church and for the community. He is saying, stand on the hill. I'm also talking about our personal struggles in life, our individual issues or sins or things that we deal with daily or regularly, with all that we face day to day, whether it be family or work or, or life problems, including COVID and including the loss in COVID. God is saying, I can do a new thing. Trust me. And in response, we will say, we call upon the name of the Lord. Say it with me. I call upon the name of the Lord. One more time. He's saying, stand on that hill like Abram and look out at what is yours. He is saying, I will bless you and that we can walk this journey in freedom. Worship me and call upon my name, a journey from a desperate dry place to a land that was promised, where we were not at our best yet, but in obedience and faith, we trusted him. The Lums trusted him, and because of that, even greater things will he do. Folks, the best is yet to come, amen? amen. We trusted God, and God took us on a journey and showed us some marvelous things. He, he healed the broken parts of our lives that many of us could stand up and testify to what God has done in our own lives. He healed the broken parts, and when we lost our way, he remained with us. He, he promises us in Isaiah chapter 41, where he says, I will, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you through it all. He carries us when we couldn't walk in that journey on our own. See, he's also provided a way for those who don't even know who Jesus is, a way uh, through Jesus Christ himself, where if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he died on the cross and, and rose again three days later for your sins and for my sin, oh my goodness, and then you accept the lordship over your life, you will be saved. Perhaps there's someone in here today who, who hasn't heard that message or who hasn't come to grips with that message or who hasn't accepted that message or maybe there's someone out there watching who has not done the same. I tell you right now, it's for you and it's free and it's for the taken. Stand up on the hill and call on the name of the Lord. Woo! See, he provided a way, a way in Jesus. He made a way through his promised Holy Spirit that, that we may be able to live holy and complete lives. Lives so far away from the dry and desolate desert where growth and transformation and healing and restoration can take place daily, where, where holiness reigns. 
Are you seeking to grow in your faith and your daily walk with the Lord? Yeah. The Word of God gives us a blueprint and the Holy Spirit, He helps us to read it and He helps us to apply it to our daily walk as believers. Friends, will you stand with me? And will you look out? Stand on that hill. And look out. Look out at the promises that God has. And call upon the name of the Lord. For whatever it is that you're experiencing in your life, whatever you're facing, Stand on the hill. The promises are there. The land is there for the taken. You just have to call on the name of the Lord. Can you see it? Can you see the promises? This is where hope reigns, where burdens are lifted, where transformation begins, where where the journey continues, where God does a new thing in our lives that he's already begun doing. In our church, and in our community, and in our world, let us call upon the name of the Lord. Will you pray with me? Father God, we just, we stand on this hill, Lord. We claim the promises you have for us, the life that you promised us, the life of freedom, a life of fullness. And we trust you. We call upon your name, Lord, the beautiful name of Jesus, the wonderful name of Jesus, that you would just take over our lives. Father, for those who don't know you at all, I pray that your spirit will be piercing their hearts just now and that they've heard the message. We've all heard the message, Lord. We stand on the hill, worshiping you and calling upon your name, the mighty, matchless name of Jesus. And all of God's people say, amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you.